Hello, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. And we hope this message will help you grow in your walk with Christ. And if you'd like to support this ministry, you can do so by visiting theroadfc.org and click on the giving link. Well, good morning, and thanks so much for joining us. This is the third week of our series called Everyday Faith. Before we get started, let me just say, um, we miss you. I hope that you and your family are doing well. If you have any prayer requests, any way that we as a church can come alongside of you uh, for means of support, or even just sharing uh, a praise and uh, celebrating with you the good things that God is doing, uh, we encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. We would love to pray with you, pray for you, and even celebrate with you. You know, one of the phrases that has become part of our common vernacular these days is the phrase fake news. According to a 2018 BBC article, fake news actually originated in a small village in Macedonia where a group of teenagers saw an opportunity to make money on Facebook using the advertising on that platform, uh, as long as they could get their stories to travel widely uh, on that network. So they developed as many as 140 bogus news sites and started writing completely fabricated uh, story headlines. Uh, Here's just one example. Quote, Pope Francis shocks the world and endorses Donald Trump for president. Uh, It was kind of the perfect storm of social media algorithms, advertising systems, and people that wanted to make a buck. In contrast, then, to fake news, there is, well, news. Uh, News that comes from trusted, long-standing organizations that keeps the public informed through rigorous standards of journalism. Uh, But today, we have a bit of a problem people, particularly people in positions of authority, at some point started calling news fake news, so much so that fake news came to be seen as news. And the trouble I hear many people express now is that they just don't know who to trust, or they don't know what to think when they hear such conflicting things from news organizations. This has led us to a rather unfortunate place. Not knowing who to trust, we tend to only trust the news that we agree with. And news, if we aren't careful, will no longer be about informing the public through rigorous standards of journalism. It will just be a product sold through network advertising meant to confirm our previously held biases and elicit fear of the other side. And as Christians, those who claim to know and seek the truth, it is imperative for us as a people to learn to make our way in this confusing world. We must be discerning and not believe or peddle conspiracy theories or our witness to the truth of Christ will be severely damaged. So we're in a bit of a pickle. And it's hard. But the thing is, is this actually isn't a new problem. It's an ancient problem. 
for the ancient Christians, the problem wasn't so much regarding news as much as it was regarding wisdom. Today, I want to explore what James has to say about wisdom. Now remember, James's letter is written to a wide audience of Christians. So he isn't addressing a particular problem in a particular community, but rather he's addressing a widespread problem among Christians. And the problem was this. Some Christians claimed to have wisdom, but actually didn't have it, while others who had wisdom were being discredited. And so James writes in order to clarify what is wisdom and what is fake wisdom. And I think that if we'll listen carefully, uh, it will help us make our way in our world today where there is so much confusion. So let's read what James has to say. I want to read James chapter 3, beginning with verse 13, uh, reading through the end of the chapter or verse 18. It says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness, born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, sometimes disease can grow in our bodies undetected, showing no outward symptoms uh, that would cause us to think that maybe something is wrong. And when that happens, we walk around believing that we are perfectly healthy when in reality something very unpleasant is growing inside of us. And this is actually something like what James is talking about here. Some Christians, believing themselves to possess wisdom, actually possess no wisdom at all, and they aren't wise at all. They possess a fake wisdom. And the growth of this fake wisdom has, be, has been subtle, even almost unnoticeable. However, James shows us that there are some classic symptoms to be looking out for when it comes to fake wisdom. And he offers these in an effort to help provide clarity for a Christian community where fake wisdom had come to be understood as true and authentic wisdom. And fake wisdom, James says, has two key markers or two key symptoms, bitter envy and selfish ambition. Now, at first, the connection between these symptoms and the diagnosis of fake wisdom isn't exactly clear, but let's follow along with James's logic. Envy is the belief that a person's worth, importance, and value comes from what they have. 
Envy is the belief that a person's worth and importance and value comes from what they have. So when we are envious, possessions are seen as the principal marker of worth. Therefore, we have, uh, when we have less, we are deemed to be less important and less worthy. And the opposite is also true. When we have more, we're deemed to be more important and more worthy. And so envy believes that we live in sort of this closed system with limited resource and are therefore in competition with one another to gain more and more. Selfish ambition, then, is a sort of natural outflow of bitter envy. If you believe that worth comes from ownership, then you will inevitably become selfish to try to get all that you can and not have a generous heart. And so here, for James, is the diagnosis. Any insight that is shared with the underlying belief that worth comes from having isn't really wisdom or insight at all, because it's built on a kind of false foundation. And James offers the sharpest critique possible. And he says, at first, or on the surface, this may appear as wisdom, but in fact, it is fake wisdom. And he describes it as being earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. Yes, devilish. (laughs) His point is simple, if it isn't also dramatic. He says, when we see the world this way, we are being animated by an unholy spirit. And whatever wisdom we have is a faux wisdom. Now, we live in a materialistic world, and so this word is timely and it is cutting. To be truly wise, we must break out of this mindset that believes that we are in competition with one another and that our worth is based on what we possess. That is a good and that is a timely and necessary word for us in our culture. But we don't just live in a materialistic culture. We also live in a culture where knowledge is seen as power. Now, there seems to be a competition then of who can know the most, who can be the most aware And we are speeding toward a world, if we aren't already there, where we derive and assign value, not based on possession, but based on knowledge. In a world where knowledge is seen as power, or knowledge becomes the marker of our worth, then what can quickly happen is that everyone becomes a critic very quick to point out what is wrong with, uh, with your analysis, your thought, your perspective. And what, have I, what I've observed over the past few years is a growing tendency to criticize individuals or groups of people for not being aware enough, unwilling to accept any point being made and instead point out the information or awareness that group doesn't have. And so in a world where knowledge is power, we, it's easy then to find ourselves posturing for position through constant criticism. 
Because the only way to prove that you have more knowledge is to criticize the knowledge being presented, right? Where when it comes to materialistic things, we can say, look, I have this many cars or this nice of a car or this nice of a house. Those things are very tangible. But when power and worth is not measured so much with material things, but with knowledge, the only way to one up people is through criticism or cynicism. And so James, again, wants to remind us ever so subtly that while this posturing may appear at first as wisdom, it is actually fake wisdom because it is rooted in the same old kind of envy and selfish ambition. It's a wisdom from below and a cheap counterfeit to the real thing. Listen to N.T. Wright on this point. Quote, We are faced then with two kinds of wisdom. This may well be a word for our day. When so many people across the world are fed up with the way their country is run, with the way their police force behaves, and with the the way the global economy functions, and so on. Often these criticisms are fully justified, as they certainly would have been in James' own day. But the challenge then for God's people is to be able to tell the truth about the way the world is and about the way the wicked people are behaving without turning into a perpetual grumble. And in particular, without becoming someone whose appearance of wisdom consists in being able to find a cutting word to say about everyone and everything. End quote. Now, let's pause here. Later this week, go back, watch this video, watch that section, and as the words come across the screen and you see it in writing, let this quote soak in for all that it has to say. But let me summarize it for you right here. In short, being woke is not the same as wisdom. Being woke is not the same as wisdom, especially when this wisdom is built on envy and selfish ambition uh, to one-up or be in competition with one another. James's word of warning is that it leads to disorder and wickedness. Now, compare that then to authentic wisdom. For this, James doesn't just provide two symptoms for a diagnosis. For this, James gives a full description. He says, authentic wisdom or wisdom is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, unbiased and without hypocrisy. Again, let that list sink in for the wisdom that it has to share for us about wisdom. It's really quite a list. But when you think about wisdom, what do you think of? For me, I often think of maybe college professors, people who know, have a lot of knowledge. They know a lot of stuff. But what's so interesting to me then is that this list does not connect wisdom to knowing a large number of facts or even possessing knowledge. 
nor does it mention skill in negotiating or management or leadership or scholarship. James seems to be indicating to us that wisdom is something other than, deeper than, just facts and skills. Wisdom, it seems that he seems to be saying, is a set of characteristics that are given to us by the Spirit of God. You could say it this way. Wisdom is a posture toward the world and toward others. Now, take a moment right now and bring to mind someone that you consider wise. Do you have them in mind? Do they possess knowledge? Probably. Do they have skills that they have developed uh, that contribute to the good of the world? Most likely. But these alone are not the source of their wisdom. Their wisdom comes from their posture toward you. In the vast majority of cases, those that we consider wise are, don't just possess knowledge or have skills they've developed that contribute to the good in the world. No, it's the combination of the knowledge and the skills and then their posture toward you. And so in the vast majority of cases, those that we consider wise are gentle, peaceable, full of mercy, and so on. So wisdom is the combination then of knowledge, skill, and posture or character that makes people truly wise. So the wisdom that James has for us today is that when our lives are animated by the Holy Spirit of God, we will possess these traits and exercise authentic wisdom. And here's the thing. In a world where cynicism kind of rules the day, these markers of wisdom can often be seen as signs of weakness. But they are not. Gentleness, full of mercy, these kinds of things are not signs of weakness, but rather are signs of great strength. Signs of self-discipline that comes through regular spiritual practice and connection to God. And actually require a pretty good deal of self-restraint. This totally flips our understanding of wisdom on its head. It gives us a brand new lens by which we can think about what does it mean to be wise. And I think this is particularly important for us as Christians, truth seekers, truth tellers in a world that is very confusing. We need to allow this wisdom regarding wisdom to really sink in. But that's not even all. The passage closes with this rather interesting statement. It says, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Now, what is this thought, this random sentence sort of tacked on to the end? What is this? 
Well, James is actually trying to communicate here, and what he's saying is that this is the outcome of godly wisdom, a harvest of righteousness sown in peace. That's the outcome when we practice good, godly, authentic wisdom from above, the outcome is a harvest of righteousness that has not been sown in any other way but through the peace of Christ. In the Greek, I've said this before, but I think I need to hear it again. Maybe you do too. In the Greek, the words righteousness and justice share the same root. They're derivative of one another, and in many circumstances, are actually interchangeable. And so James wants us to see that fake wisdom, animated by the unholy spirit, leads to disorder and wickedness, while true wisdom, animated by the Holy Spirit, leads to justice that is sown in peace because of the peacemaking children of God. Amen. I mean, if that isn't a sermon, I don't know what is. And so there seems there's this twofold reality. Practicing true wisdom will help lead our world to justice, righteousness. And if you find that your first passion is to lead the world to righteousness or to justice, you're going to need wisdom. They go hand in hand. The outcome, the result of good and godly wisdom is, in fact, justice. This is why we pray for our leaders in the church to have wisdom. This is why we pray for the leaders of our nation to have wisdom. And why we pray for those who make decisions on the world stage to be men and women of wisdom. Because wisdom helps lead to justice and to righteousness. Now think about this, in order to be peacemakers, you need to be gentle, full of mercy, impartial, and authentic. For without such virtues, it would be hard, if not impossible, for peace to be reached. And so, quite literally, for the good of the world, James calls Christians to reject fake wisdom in favor of wisdom and to know how to discern between the two. Let me pray for us. As this is difficult and quite probably the task of our day. Let's pray. God of all wisdom, we pray that you would give to your people tremendous wisdom. Save us, rescue us, God, from all the temptations toward fake wisdom and how it postures itself but how at the root of it all and underneath it all it is built on a selfish ambition and bitter envy but Lord may we be so filled with the fruit of the Spirit may we be a people of peace may we possess a pure 
kind of wisdom where we might be filled with mercy so that we could be agents of good in the world, conducting ourselves with wisdom, that we might bring justice. And justice not as we've kind of typically always understood it, but justice as a good and godly restorative justice that is good for all people. So Lord, help us. And I pray specifically for the leaders of Emmaus Road, myself included, that in these days of difficult decision-making, that we would have wisdom. I pray God for the leaders of our country, President Biden, the cabinet, the administration and others, that they would have wisdom to carry out justice for the good of all people. And for other leaders around the world, God, we pray that same prayer, that they would be wise. So Lord, save us and rescue us from fake wisdom, that we might be people of authentic, true, godly wisdom. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.